Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. Today's episode, I actually broke up into two parts and I got this strategy from the Lewis Howes podcast, The School of Greatness, which I love, but it was my first episode that is like a good bit over an hour and whilst I do believe that the guest episodes are pretty popular, I can see that they are downloaded with a pretty decent rate of frequency so you guys seem to enjoy the long-range conversation I'm definitely not ready to give you the Joe Rogan three hours yet even though my episodes are starting to get longer so I broke this one up into two parts and uh, so this episode episode 25 Lucia and I talk about kind of how we met how our lives have become intertwined Um, we talk a little bit about personal responsibility we talk about sharing feelings the difference between men and women we talk about the duality of humanity um, and then you guys will have to pop on over to episode 26 to see the rest of the episode Um, but I really enjoyed it and I can't wait to continue getting better at this and splitting up episodes into smaller segments more bite-sized pieces I'm really starting to get a little bit more creative and a little bit more excited about um, the editing process rather than just editing out the ums, likes, you knows, like I was doing for the first two months. And I also had a friend tell me yesterday that they can't keep up with my content. And I'm realizing as this is going to be episode 25 and we're less than two months in and I'm like kind of figuring out what the, you know, the next 20 episodes for the month of November are going to be. And then is it going to be another 20 episodes for December? Like, am I ever going to take a break? Are we going to hit 60 episodes before the end of the year? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. So uh, definitely go catch up. Maybe I'll take a break for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and that will be it. Um, But yeah, this is like, it doesn't feel like work. Honestly, it feels like therapy. I feel super blessed to have this opportunity to get to talk to like really smart and interesting people who are from all different walks of life and to be able to compare our experiences and share our experiences. And then also I have so many of you guys open up to me, you know, on Instagram and messaging me and stuff. And I'm I'm just really grateful for it. I'm really grateful for all of you guys. And I hope that this encourages you to take a deep look inside um, and also go catch up with previous episodes. And if anything resonates with you today in this episode or a past episode, be sure to screenshot it, post it to your Instagram story, tag me, hashtag the Edge of Fear podcast send it to a friend, send a link to a friend via text message if it makes you think of them. Be sure to write a review on iTunes. If you have messaged me to tell me that you love this or if you have texted me or called me to tell me that you love this podcast, please, please, please write a review on iTunes. Um, It's the only way that this message will get out. I love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you on the other side. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this.
Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I have a friend of mine that I met traveling and who now I see at least once a month, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, I'm so excited to have you here today. Will you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me, Liz. I'm really excited to be here. Um, So a little bit about me. My name is Lucia. Um, I graduated college last year. I went to school out in California in Santa Barbara. I'm originally from New Jersey. My parents are Italian, however, so I grew up um, in a multicultural household, which is kind of what um, I'm all about. Um, When I was nine years old, I moved to Mexico, so I've really just, for two years, and I've really just been kind of all over the place. That's where my um, passion for travel started, Um, hence we met traveling last year. I took a six-month gap between college and now to travel. And now I'm just looking for my career, um, following my passion of culture and travel and um, just making the world a better place by connecting people through their differences um, to show them that we're all human. And we actually have a lot of similarities regardless um, from our perceived differences. I love that. And I had no idea that you lived in so many places. (laughs) It's always so funny when I'm like doing the, you know, the preliminary call beforehand and I'm like, I already really know your story. (laughs) And then I'm like, actually, I don't. And that's the purpose of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had no idea any of that. Mm, Um, And actually, Lucia, when she contacted me a couple of months ago to invite me to this class, which is how we really like, I mean, we met Mm. in Ireland, but like we really connected about um, the landmark course. But when Lucia first reached out to me a couple of months ago, I was certain she lived in California because because she went to school in California. And that was like what I remembered. So do you want to tell the story or should I? Yeah, I'll tell it. And that's actually funny because I feel like a lot of friends um, kind of tell me the same thing where they always think I'm in like a different place than I actually am. And now I'm finally like I've been back in New Jersey for like six months and people are like, are you somewhere else by any chance? No, I'm still here. They're like, okay. Um, yeah, so the story, uh, well, it's really funny because we met at, like, at a pub crawl in Ireland in Galway. Um, and it was like, you know, we only spent a few hours together. And then, like, I thought I was never going to see you again. Um, Pretty much. I, that's how it goes with travelers yeah. you meet. Yeah. You no, know, literally, like, we had this little group and it was so fun. It, it was, was so like fun. seven of us, maybe eight. Right. Um, and like Amy was our pub crawl leader and we just like went around and like, we're having a good time and we just kind of got to know each other. And, um, I remember by the end we were all like having a good time and we exchanged Instagrams or whatever. Right. And that's when I started kind of following your journey. And then you started your personal Instagram and your blog and all that. Right. Um, and so about two years ago, I took the Landmark Forum for the first time and then I, you know, took a few other courses with them. Um, and when I was reading your blog and watching your like videos and stuff, it was funny because I saw some, some of like the same messages and I was like, I wonder if Liz has done the forum before. And (laughs) so I reached out and invited you and I was like, if she hasn't, like she would love this. Right. Um, so yeah, I just reached out and invited you. And, uh, even though we like did not know each other at all, (laughs) but I felt like I knew you a little bit more because you were just sharing so much about yourself. Right. That's really the huge thing about landmark is just sharing about yourself authentically. And I saw like how, even though I didn't know you before you traveled, I could tell that you had like overcome a lot in, um, like your relationship with yourself and just like being yourself and being comfortable being yourself around others um and that was something huge that I had gotten out of doing landmark forum so I invited you and I was so glad that you came and saw something for yourself and then ultimately ended up 
registering and, and I'm doing it so yeah it's wild um I'm like so so grateful for you for showing me this um because I don't know how much of this story you know but when you invited me I had been I had just been hired for my new job my then new job um which was for a non-for-profit um for cancer and I was like excited about it because of the intrinsic value but it was also going to be an office job and I was like going through this like internal crises of like this is the end of spontaneity this is the end of fun this is the end of like alluring conversations and like excitement and connecting with people and meeting new people and like all of the like fun of like my 29th year was Mm -hmm. done and that like chapter was closed and like the end was near (laughs) um and even for the blog I was like pretty burnt out of it Mm -hmm. um and felt like you know I had like plateaued at 600 Instagram followers Mm -hmm. and you know I was getting like 300 views on my blogs like pretty regularly which was really good but the average person spends three minutes on a blog reading a blog and like five minutes on a YouTube video and the average podcast listener is like 32 minutes so I mean this is statistically present for now it is October 1st (laughs) 2019 (laughs) for reference (laughs) but so it was like, how much of this message is actually getting across to anybody? I'm so tired. It takes me like eight hours to write a blog sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I have to like do all this work on Instagram. So I was like feeling kind of down. Um, and I had just sat and written up a budget sheet because I had just been hired for this job. Mm-hmm. And so I knew what my like salary was going to be. So I was like, okay, I have pretty much not pretty much. I have been unemployed (laughs) for nine months. (laughs) Um, you know, with the exception of like the $80 a week that I was making as an au pair for roughly four months Mm -hmm. whilst traveling Western Europe. So like that was, you know, pennies. Um, it was enough. It was like perfect. I was totally enough for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, staying in hostels, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know that life. I do. Um, but it was like not real income. So I had mm-hmm. like listened to um, Nicole Lappin's book, Rich Bitch, mm-hmm. in January. But I was like, I know I'm not really going to be working for a few more months. And that book is all about like investing and how to build up your savings and like how mm-hmm. to spend more like frugally, but intentionally. Right. Um, and basically the concept is like a rich bitch and a boss bitch is not a bad thing. It's just Mm -hmm. like a way of being. And so it's like, you know how to speak about finances, you know how to navigate the world Mm -hmm. and ask questions. That's like a huge theme in her story is that like, by just pretending that you know everything, you do not learn. And so the importance of asking questions is a big theme in that book, Mm -hmm. which I loved. But so I read it and I didn't really start working for another three to five months. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, fuck, I can't really like do any of this. (laughs) She calls it um, like a little black book. And it's Mm -hmm. actually her like little budget book. And she says to really like do it on an Excel sheet, not in a physical Mm -hmm. book (laughs) so that you can have access to it everywhere. But it was just like brilliant. And so I was like, I have to do this. And it, for her and this this is like a lot of people that I follow Mm -hmm. uh they talk about like 
setting real intentions and like specific yeah. measurable goals. Yeah. So I had, as a result of doing this budget sheet mm-hmm. as per Nicole Lapp in, in Rich Bitch, mm-hmm. which I actually heard about on the Almost 30 podcast, which I can't recommend enough. Like the book, absolutely freaking read it if you're like unsure on anything finances. Yeah. This is like for everyone. I was like, I need to read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I did a budget sheet and I also did a 10 year plan because mm-hmm. she was like, you have to have a real clear vision of what you want to be doing yeah. so that you know how much you want to be saving and what you need to be making yeah. because you can't address the problem if you're not sure what the problem yep. is, you know? So it was really incredible. So I'm like, okay, I can sit down and do this budget mm-hmm. sheet with this new freaking $19 an hour job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will be my career <laughs> in freaking New York. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like living with my parents. Right. <laughs> but so I write up this 10 year plan and I put the podcast right around year seven mm-hmm. and I put writing a book in year 10 at the time I wanted to do another deployment. And a week later I was like, you know, after I'd realized I would need to babysit in all 28 of my free hours per week <laughs> in order to be able to like afford any of the things that I wanted to yeah. do, let alone like start a passion project or like start following a dream was not even like an option. Um, so I had done that about two weeks before you reached out to me, maybe well, three. I literally didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, and it didn't seem like it was impossible. It, like I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, have to I'm make it through the next six months, yeah. but like we're gonna be there. Like I'm gonna move to the West Coast in another six yeah. months, like, and I'm gonna make it work. And so I was feeling like excited about it, but I also was feeling super fucking poor. Yeah. And so I started doing an abundance mantra that mm. I also heard on the Almost Thirty podcast. <laughs> I should stop plugging them, but like listen to their podcast. <laughs> um, but. It was the episode with Lizzie Jeff, and she's like, she's like a music mogul, like mm. Kush queen, like mm. happiness, like feminism, but like not like feminism the way that we think of it normally, more of like the way of like being in flow and like mm, in touch yeah. with your intuition yeah, and like yeah, yeah, trusting whatever, you know, being in like a feminine energy. Yeah. And so it it just like really like touched and inspired me. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. And she's talking about how like, when she was like working at Victoria's Secret, like before she like started on this path, mm-hmm. she like started doing this abundance mantra. And so she like calls out her abundance mantra, which I don't know if I'm going to get this completely right, but I'll put it in the show notes if I don't. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I am abundant. I have multiple sources of income. Money flows in with ease. That was mm-hmm. definitely it. That was spot on. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. <so> beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I did it every day. Mm-hmm. I, I, Spoke it out loud three times in the morning, three times at night, and I would write it down three times during the day at least Mm -hmm. once. And literally, magic started happening. Literally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, I didn't tell anybody about it as (laughs) it was happening because I was like, this is so ridiculous. you're like, I don't even know if this is a coincidence. Right. No one's going (laughs) to believe me, so I'm not even going to bother. But so the next day was my first day of work. Mm -hmm. And work paid for our breakfast and our lunch that day. Mm -hmm. On the second day, we had a 
contest about something that we had heard the day before and I had these two girls were in my orientation and they're like so so smart and like young like fresh out of college and like their brain works way better than mine but so everybody just guessed the answer because we didn't Uh know that they were going to ask us questions on it Uh and so everybody guessed and I like vaguely remembered three numbers from the day previous Uh and I just guessed one Uh and it was right and so I won like a free like piece of merch like whatever like no big deal like a 12 dollar item you know what I mean but still I was like that's cool yeah. Then my dad calls me and tells me that my state tax return check just came in. I had been given my Stop. federal tax mm-hmm. return while I was in, in Italy, mm-hmm. like three or four months earlier. Yeah. I process, I did it all like when it was due. So oh whatever, March or April. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's June. And my return comes in and, and it's like it a few hundred bucks. That time. Yeah, during the abundance mantra. Then I was out for a run and I found like a dollar crumpled up on the floor. Then work brought in, somebody won like free smoothies for the office. So sm- we so got free funny. smoothies abundance at work. Smoothies. Literally, <laughs> abundance smoothies. <laughs> then you reach out to me and tell mm-hmm. me about this class. And so I like, I'm looking it up and I'm looking at the prices. I'm like, this is out of my price range. <laughs> I, remember, I remember we were there yeah. and you were, I was like, so like, you know, do you think you're going to register? And you were like, I really want to. And I was like, you know, like, what's stopping you? And you were like, yeah, it's just like expensive. Like, I, I don't know. And I remember I, I told you, I was like, listen, like, this is an investment. It, yeah. It literally will change your life. And, right. and I saw that you were like, okay, like you, you saw something for yourself. And that's yeah. why you like put yourself in the course. Yeah, I just got like sweaty just talking about it because I was like, I have no money. There's no yeah. like, I just found a dollar on the floor. Like, yeah. what, can I, what can I put that to? It happens like every day, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just like crazy. But so that day when I and also like the timing of it, I had just traveled. Besides out of the country, yeah. when I got back, I had I had been traveling for the first five weeks every single weekend oh, that yeah, I was away, I and that. I was like, I am actually available on that Saturday that you just asked me about oh, for the crazy. first time in literally four months. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, what are the chances? Seriously? And also, I still thought you lived in California, so I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to see her ever again. <laughs> I like, better this make is it. Our only shot. <laughs> I already thought I wasn't going to see her, and now she's here. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, totally. Like, crazy that you're coming all the yeah. way to, to New York from for this California for this one Saturday class. It's weird, but so what funny. a weirdo. I don't know anything about you, so it seems okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so when I came, I mean, it, it literally just, like, I feel confident that I had the tools. Like, when we met in Ireland, if that – fire had stayed within me as it was burning on that day. Mm -hmm. Like if that could naturally burn within me for six months, maybe I would have been like, I have to, like, I still am so lit up about this dream to -hmm. spread this like love and authentic self and self-expression and kindness and support of one another. But it wasn't that it wasn't burning in me anymore. You know, I still like was being kind to people and supportive Mm -hmm. and like, I was still showing up on Instagram, like still yeah. doing the self-expression shit, but <laughs> but it was getting harder and harder. Yeah. And so and you're having like breakdowns inside. Totally. And trying to like not show that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, how do I like, can I like step off this platform? <laughs> like, <laughs> are people going to notice if I just stop posting? Um, yeah, it had really become a job. And so yeah. I totally like 
deep down within somewhere had this like drive to start the podcast, but literally in seven years. So like, I am so grateful for you and the divine timing of all of it. Like the abundance mantra, Uh the meeting you in Galway, like what are the chances? Also what is so funny is we were literally staying in the same hostel, Mm -hmm. like one room away from each Mm -hmm. other, but we didn't meet. No. And you were leaving the next morning, so yeah. we wouldn't have met. We would not have met uh, yeah. had it not been for that pub crawl. That's Thanks, so Amy. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, shout out to Amy. Yeah. Amy I think she's Amy's coming back. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's back. She's in She's in California. Oh, she's in California. She Are you is sure? California. She's on New York. Pretty sure. I talked to her like two days ago. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. I love what you're saying about the abundance mantra and kind of tying that into how landmark works is like who I am is my word. You know what that means? You've gone through the form and the advanced course, right. but what a lot of people don't realize, and I didn't realize this until I went through is how much power you have with your word and that our language literally creates, like that's the first step in creating something. Right. And that when you like make those declarations, first of all, you have like a mental shift because you just start seeing like possibilities around that, like even just seeing like the dollar, like maybe that was there the day before, but you just didn't see it because you were thinking about other things, you know? And so first of all, it it really just like shifts your perspective in what you're looking for. Cause now rather than looking for like, you know, you're thinking, Oh, I'm poor. And rather than just like seeing that everywhere, now you're open to this like whole new world of possibility and like things have been there all along. You just weren't seeing them. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is, is your relationship to your word. So how you relate to your word, because when you declare yourself as something, people around you start relating to you as that. Why? Because you say that you are that. So if you say like, I am abundance, I, you know, all these things, then first of all, you start believing it. Right. And then other people around you also start believing it and things just start happening. And it, it, it kind of feels like a, a miracle, you know, but right. when you think about it, it's really like, it makes sense. Like, of course you, you start like attracting all these things towards you that you want. And totally. that's, that's why it's like, it's so powerful what your thoughts are. And I know we've talked about like having a lot of like negative thoughts towards yourself in the past. You know, right. That's just, that really creates this whole world around you that is just like not a fun world to be in because you constantly have this negative self-talk um, in your mind. And so first of all, it's really powerful in a negative way, but it could be powerful in a positive way. And it's just about you making that choice to like be positive. And that's why I really do believe in happiness is a choice. Like it, it just is. No matter what your circumstances are, you can always create something to create happiness. And that's kind of another point is that a lot of people live their lives at the effect of what their circumstances are. You know, like this happened to me, like this person did this to me, like I can't help that. No, you can't help what happens to you, but you can help how you respond to it. Um, And a lot of times you actually do have control, not control, but um, a say in how other people treat you. Right. Um, And if you're not treating yourself with respect and love, it's actually creating space for other people to also not treat you with respect and love. You're giving them permission because you've given yourself permission and you can do the opposite. So by giving yourself permission to love yourself, you're raising the bar and you won't accept anything below that standard, whatever standard of love you have for yourself. Right. Totally. Um, I talk about it in a couple of episodes. I know for sure just a box and on the court, on the court, which is a straight up landmark Landmark, lesson. But 
that concept that we set the bar. Yeah. So the just a box, the concept of just a box is that we put ourselves in a, a box and yeah. we say, I'm just a waitress. I'm just a student. Yeah. I'm just a stay at home mm-hmm. mom, whatever it is. And that word totally limits us. Yeah. And it makes us show up for people yeah. in that position of I'm just this I can't be more yeah. and so we totally we we put that restraint yeah, on ourselves absolutely you're creating that limit for yourself and you're projecting it onto other people and exactly. it's really easy to say well they're the ones treating me this way and right. putting the blame on them right you are 100% responsible for your life right I think you were saying this in one of your past episodes that I was listening today. You are 100% responsible for 100% of your life right and it's it's really so true because you're you're putting that out there and you're putting these limits on yourself and other people see that because they don't see what's going on inside your mind. They see what you're putting out and they're going to relate to you as whatever you put out there, which is your word. Yeah. That's really what creates everything. I mean, it's, it's so easy to say, you know, my ex-boyfriend was so toxic or Mm -hmm. my dad is so toxic or my first relationship was so toxic, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And it, that is such a cop out, and I still say it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I still totally yeah, say it, and, and really, <laughs> and really believe it. Where I'm like, yeah, but with anybody else, if it was anybody else, yeah. this would be different. <laughs> um, but with with my last boyfriend, it was like I was so freaking insecure, mm-hmm. and you really only ever saw me. I mean, you didn't know me <laughs> when I was with him, so yeah. you only saw me six months later. Yeah. But I was so insecure with him. And so it's so funny when people tell me that they like have no, they had no idea that I ever like lacked confidence. Cause I was like, I hated myself every single day of that relationship because I knew I wasn't like expressing myself fully. Yeah. I knew I wasn't showing up. I knew that I felt more myself in on my deployment with these guys and girls who were yeah. strangers, you know, yeah. a month earlier. And it was really freaking sad to be yeah. so down on myself all the time. And in this, like this mentality of like, this is as good as it's ever going to get. And it yeah. can't be better than this for me. And when I showed up in that relationship, I was so insecure and I yeah. had so many, basically every single flaw that I had, every mm-hmm. single scar that I had, every piece of baggage that I was carrying was like, I'm the worst person in the fucking world. Yeah. Like I am the worst. There's no one uglier than me, stupider mm-hmm. than me, more vicious than me. Yeah. Like I was like, so hated myself. Yeah. And I use it as an example for my preliminary goals, but like leaving that relationship was my edge of fear moment. Yeah. Like despite that I have gone on a deployment and yeah. gone backpacking and all kinds of other scary yeah. things. Yeah. That was the hardest for yeah. sure. Definitely. For sure. I think the edge of fear concept is so interesting because it's this idea that you have no idea what's on the other side of fear. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And that's the whole point. And that's kind of also back to the landmark methodology is, I know, I just call landmark. (laughs) 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 You know, it's kind of the same thing where you don't know what's on the other side. And you can live a small life and always choose security and choose comfort and choose the the same things you're used to. Even if you don't like them, they're comfortable. And so you 
you know, just stay in them because you're like, oh, there's no risk. This is fine. I'm very comfortable. And people are happy in their discomfort. They're comfortable in their discomfort. But then with the edge of fear concept, it's like you have no idea what's on the other side. And it's it can be really scary because you're like, it could be great or it could be like the worst thing in the world. Like, what if I die? Or, you know, like, like anything could happen. And then the beautiful thing that you see in Landmark is that you actually have the power to create what's on the other side. Yeah, it's wild. It is. It really, <laughs> it's like I lived a lot of my life kind of thinking like it's whatever happens, happens. Like I'm just letting life happen to me. Like, and I thought I was so chill. With cool. That. Yeah. yeah. I was you, like, it feels like this is yeah, how it was supposed to be. Like exactly. just let the waves Yeah. Like when I was traveling, I was like, yeah. And this was actually after I'd done the forum, but this is the other thing is that like the forum, you have this like awakening, I guess you can call it. Right. you just like, discover all these new things for yourself and then when you go back into the real world you your ordinariness kind of creeps back in sometimes so that's why it's important to like expand yeah maintain your constantly like generate yourself and again you're 100% responsible for like maintaining that and generating that kind of like supportive environment for yourself but anyways where was I going to this oh so the edge of your um concept is just so interesting because Previously, I would have seen it as like, oh, let's just try it, like try this and see how it goes. Like, even if I'm scared and like, that was, you know, something I had overcome was like doing things despite my fears. But I was still doing it from a point of let's just see how this goes. And then now after doing work at Landmark, I see like I can actually create something for myself despite these fears and actually like be the author, have a say in what happens. Right. You know, and have it turn out how I want, you know. And it's not necessarily being attached to what it looks like, but Mm -hmm. just being committed to doing what you want, despite your fears, because you're always going to have your fears. Right. And Landmark doesn't get rid of your fears. Or your problems. No, not at all. It just teaches you to live with them and be with them and be okay with them, like accept them and then doing things anyways. Right. Like Like deal with them powerfully. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's really the, the amazing part of it is that I've been able to just step out of my comfort zone and create things powerfully not just like oh I'm still scared I'm doing it it's like no it's like okay I'm I have this fear yeah definitely you know what like fuck it I'm gonna do this anyways right yeah that's a really awesome part yeah I mean and so that was the other really cool thing about it that I realized while I was traveling and I talk about this a little bit I think in episode one and two but I had told my therapist that I was so afraid of being alone Mm -hmm. and that I wasn't going to like have a friend group or family or like, you know, people that I could like lean on. Mm -hmm. And I just never had that at all. I always, always, always from the moment I got there was sharing because everything that had happened to me had just happened to me. I literally like found out the stuff about work and resigned from my job like four and a half weeks before I arrived Mm -hmm. in Germany for my first time ever for a solo trip. And it was like so fresh. And the breakup was like six or seven months earlier, but it had been almost five years of my life. So that was like real fresh. And the deployment had only been three years earlier. So I like had so much to say. And I had been hiding that my relationship was unhappy from everyone in my life for the majority of those years. I mean, obviously it wasn't the worst every day, all day, but I hadn't really opened up about it. So I just had so much like word vomit of like vulnerable (laughs) stories. 
And I was just sharing with everybody. So people were sharing back with me. And it's like, we realize how all of our fears are so alike. And we realize how this is, again, I definitely say this in one of the first few episodes, but it's Russell Brand. He he says, like, we realize the superficiality of our differences. Mm. And through sharing. Yeah. And so it was just really powerful to see people from all walks of life, all countries, yeah. all backgrounds, all, you know, education Absolutely. and socioeconomic status. And we all have the same fears and we all have the same joys, you know, yeah. and the same yeah. experiences. And so that's what makes you like able to relate to people. Yeah, no, definitely. That was also something I loved while traveling. And I remember at the beginning, so I started off my travels with a couple friends, but then they ended up coming back to the U.S. So I ended up traveling by myself. And I remember the first few days of that. I had been on a few solo trips before, so it wasn't my first time traveling by myself, but it was my first time traveling by myself for more than like three days, you know, an extended period of time. I was completely alone for like a whole month. I remember you telling us Yeah, about this. and yeah. it was like, it was really scary. I had never been alone for that, that long, long, you know, like just me and myself. And it was really confronting. And the first few days I was really in my head about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I was able to get out of my head, I realized how much was available and how like awesome of an opportunity it was that like, I was like, okay, why am I here? Like in my head worrying about like, what people think about like what I'm wearing or whatever, you know, like right. the stupidest things. Right. And then when you actually go out and talk to people, like we were just saying this earlier, right. like people are so cool. If you just go out and talk to them, like right. if, if you let them tell you about right. themselves, exactly. yeah. rather than just living life in the sands in your head, assuming you know their story yeah, at all. Exactly. And when you just go out and you're on the court and like actually talking to people and, you know, in relating to them authentically, and sharing with them not just the good parts about yourself, but also like shit you're dealing with or shit you've dealt with that you've overcome. And that's really where the human connection is, like you're saying, because people, you create that space for other people to also be like, oh my God, wait, I also had that fear. And you're like, yeah, you're not alone. Like we all fucking have it. Like You're not the only one that's like scared of being alone. Like everyone has that fear. And so it's actually kind of funny how you can like connect through that fear of being alone by then creating connection and being together so I think it's just as valuable to share your fears and like breakdowns whatever breakdowns you're having I think it's just as valuable to share that as it is to share like the the things you've overcome and like the breakthroughs in your happy moments kind of like the fear and joy thing we all share that which is like really cool yeah I mean I think it's so powerful to just just that it is sharing in an authentic way. I think that we have been so conditioned to share in a way that is like, I'm going to use a quote (laughs) from my second guest, Christina Gordon. She said braggadocious, which cracked me up, um, but like braggy, like boasty. And we, we are like taught that like you should either be so humble that you don't say anything kind about yourself and you can't even take a compliment or you are expressing things in a way that says, look at how great this thing is that I have. But we're never really taught like how to talk about things that are hard. I mean, yeah. you're very lucky if you are, but yeah. I I don't remember having that conversation. No, definitely not. I mean, I was fortunate enough that my relationship with my mom, like I've always felt very comfortable to, like she's always held the space for me to just be very open and honest about anything I was going through. 
but it was kind of just limited to that. And like, yeah, it's not something that you're taught. Like even when you're a kid, you know, you're like three years old or whatever, and you're throwing a tantrum. What does your parent tell you? What are they trying to do? They're trying to get you to stop crying. Right. They're, you it's know, okay. Don't cry. Yeah. They're like, don't be sad. You know, it's like, I'm fucking sad. Like, let me be sad. You let know? me be sad. And, and you're like a kid. And so you don't know any better. And that's the first thing that you're told when you react in that way. You know, the first time you cry or whatever it is. And then you're just, and so you're just led to believe that like, it's not okay for you to have emotions and to cry. Right. And I think the other end of that is actually that people also don't know how to deal with other people's emotions. You don't know how to deal with your emotions, but you also don't know how to deal with other emotions. (laughs) That's why I hate crying in front of people because this is like, this will sound kind of conceited, but I think I'm a really good friend, like person. Yeah, consoler. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word. I think I'm great at it. Like, like, I feel like I'm usually pretty good at it. You know, like I'm I'm comfortable with it at least. Like when someone cries, like, you know, I know what to do and kind of like ask them what they need or whatever. But like most people are not like that. And I mean, even me, sometimes I'm not the best, but, um, and that's why I hate crying in front of people because I'm like, you don't know how to deal with my emotions. (laughs) It's not like your fault or anything. We just aren't taught that. Right. And with ourselves or others. And so it's like, well, where do we start to like fix that problem? You know, yeah. I was reading, um, I was reading a lot of books on happiness over the winter when I was like debating whether or not to start this blog. Mm-hmm. And one of them was about how students in the United States or kids in the United States are not taught anything about empathy or compassion. And in Denmark, they actually are taught Mm. empathy, compassion, and cooperation, Mm. where in the United States, we're taught so much more about like competition Mm -hmm. and capitalism and it's dog eat dog, every man for himself. And all of these are like hugely detrimental to us as adults, like really, really detrimental to us as adults. And I was actually just having a thought about this today. Oh my God, I'm going to I'm going to say it again. I was listening to the Almost 30 podcast. (laughs) I I never do that. But there was this guest and I I really don't know like why I was drawn to this episode because it was like, okay, that's a lie. (laughs) I know exactly why. (laughs) It was about like aliens and Reiki (laughs) and like mysticism and all Mm -hmm. kinds of like energy things. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to listen to this episode um so I'm listening to this episode on my way out here to Brooklyn so it was going to be like an hour drive which and wait, by the way can we just acknowledge the fact that we're in a laundry room in Brooklyn recording this episode that's facts long that's story facts. short <laughs> none of the machines are on right now it's a private laundry room it is, it is. <laughs> not a laundry bag <laughs> but better acoustics. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, just wanted to acknowledge that. (laughs) So I was going to be driving out here for an hour. So I was like, perfect. I can listen to this episode. I just saw it like five minutes before I left, but I was like, that's what I'm going to listen to. Mm -hmm. And they are talking about how kind of like with my reference earlier from Lizzie Jeff and like feminine energy and stuff, how I didn't actually say it, but this is like where I'm going with it now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She is talking about really like a big part of her message is that like we're starting to let feminine energy flow into the business world and Mm. corporate world and leadership roles. And like it's showing up on the world stage really for the first time in a really long time. The mystic in the episode says in maybe 12,000 years. But I was going to say like at least like 
500 years, right? Yeah, like when yeah. was the last time like like um voluptuous women were painted? Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Like that 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 like the femininity of that was still like regarded as beautiful. Yeah. And so it was just really powerful to me and so she's talking about how lucky we are as women to have the ability and the outlet to at least share our feelings that at least mm-hmm. for women, even if it's not fully encouraged in your most authentic, like yeah. ugly cry version self, <laughs> that it's at least encouraged that yeah. you do have feelings and you should talk about yeah. them and you're allowed to cry. Yeah. Men don't even have that really. Yeah. And so I just kind of was, because I've been kind of on this like little miniature, like feminism kick recently. Yeah. I think as a result I mean, not, I think definitely as a result of launching this podcast and uh, the podcast class that I took was by a woman, only 22% of podcasts right now are run by women. I posted that yeah the other day and just this like realization of like the power of our word. And if I say something and I fucking believe in myself and I like seek out support and like seek out the good in this project, I can fucking do whatever I want. And I am not about to withhold this information. Like you can do whatever you want to. And so can all these other women. But so in this thinking now of like women can do everything, it's Mm -hmm. not about that. It's about we all can do everything. And so this new kind of model of of what feminism is, and this is from, I can't remember the girl's name. I'm so annoyed that I can't remember her name, but it's from the Under the Skin podcast with Russell Brand. I believe it's episode 94. Ridiculous that I can remember the the number, number. (laughs) but I can't remember her name. Um, (laughs) At least you remember the number. (laughs) Well, because I knew I was going to want to reference it at some point. I I wasn't ready for this, but here we are. Here we are. So she talks about how feminism just isn't what we have been taught to believe that it is and so people hear the word feminism and they're like triggered yeah like feminism means just like hairy armpits and like the wage gap means women have to hate men and like that's not what it's about like so feminism and patriarchy as explained in this episode of under the skin Mm -hmm. are spoken of as like not even opposing forces that both men and women work together to create Mm-hmm. The patriarchy, which is a systematic oppression of anybody not a yeah. white male. You yeah. know what I mean? And then with feminism is really more of like this Lizzie Jeff model of like, let's let the feminine energy flow in. It doesn't have to be that like women are taking over all power. Yeah, while I think that that could happen and should happen. <laughs> You. I only believe that, but I, but we'll get right, <laughs> exactly. but so men need to have this, like this realization that you are, it, it's okay to be duality. It's yeah. okay to be dualistic. It's okay to have masculine and human, feminine. Yeah. yeah. We all have that. Yeah. And so like, I don't want to say like, it's my masculine energy that was like, you have to do this podcast. Cause it was the landmark for him. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was like, it was that like competitive fiery side of me. And sometimes my feminine side is very fiery and sometimes my feminine side is like super energetic, but it, it, I am a combination of all things and I am complex and I am confused and I am happy and I am sad and those are all okay. Um, And I think recognizing that will empower both our men and our women. And like, we totally can work together on this. Yeah, that's something that I'm with you on the whole feminism thing where 
a lot of people hear the word feminism and they get super defensive and they're like, women are trying to take over the world. And it's like, okay, well, some of them are. <laughs> it's like, why is that a bad thing, first of all? Right. Um, but yeah. Look at what you guys have done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It's so much better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but the people just get confused by the term because feminine, you know, but it really is just about what you said. It's, it's just about being human. Like we all have emotion. We all have the logical side and we all have the emotional side. Right. We all have a brain. We all have a heart or wherever your emotions come from. Who even knows. <laughs> I guess it is your brain. <laughs> but anyways like we all have those two parts like it's just very human and then there's this whole I think something that people don't acknowledge it, uh, easily at least is kind of like your inner battle you know like everyone has that and there's like in yoga and like lots of different religions they address this and talk about how there's this inner battle between the two different sides of what it means to be a human being right and you're constantly battling over like which one is right yeah. and which one is overpowering and I think Honestly, it all starts with the individual, and then that just kind of goes out into family, and then group, and then community, and then politics, like the whole world, you know? Right. But it all starts from the individual. And I always found that really interesting. In college, um, I was a global studies major, and I remember we studied a lot of these movements, like feminism, and, you know, all, all sorts of politics. And I always found this parallel, that it was like, things that the world is dealing with, they always translate back into like things that the individual is dealing with. And so I really think it's just this duality and, you know, like the yin and the yang and yeah. trying to figure out a balance between the two. And something that I've gotten through landmark again is, <laughs> that, is that they can exist together, you know, like they really can coexist. Right. Uh, it's not a matter of like one winning and the other losing. It's really just a matter of being able to be with everything that's there because it's all going to be there. It's always all going to be there whatever's going on in your mind, logically or emotionally, like it's, it's not going to disappear. Like your fears, your joys, you know, like your intellectual side, it's always there. It's just a matter of like coming to grips, I guess, with it being there and being okay with it. And then there's the whole, you know, concept of being whole and complete. And when you're able to finally like accept that that's there and then like create something beyond that, mm -hmm. that's, that's where like the true extraordinariness of life exists in, in humanity and what humans are capable of. All right, Lucia and I go on to talk in depth about the yin and the yang and choosing the impact that you will leave on the people around you, et cetera, et cetera. So be sure to check out the second half of the Lucia episode and I will tag her in the show notes for where to find her on social media. I love you guys and thank you so much for being here. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz Without a Pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.